Coach Fisher recently shared his thoughts on the revival of the Lone Star Showdown. He seems pretty excited about it, and I think he should, because I think the Aggies are going to win in 2024. You are Locked On Aggies, your daily podcast on the Texas A&M Aggies, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in the Locked On Aggies. I'm your host, Andrew Stefaniak. Thanks for making Locked On Aggies your first listen every single day. It is a beautiful day, folks, whenever we get to talk about a little Lone Star Showdown action. You know, it's having these rivalries in college football, I often say it's what makes the game that we all love. I mean, folks, everybody that's sitting here listening to a Texas A&M podcast, I mean, or in a college football show. I mean, obviously you love Texas A&M, but deep down you love college football too. Same here with your host. And having these rivalries back, it, it just means a lot to me. I think it means a lot to all of you all. And I think it means a lot to the college football community, college football world as a whole. Um, but the reason this topic came up is Coach Fisher, I found a quote from him. It was funny because obviously I was at Media Days and I never saw him make this quote. But he was asked about the... Lone Star Showdown coming back, the revival of one of the biggest rivalries in college football. And here is what he had to say. I think it's great for college football. I think it's great for Texas and Texas A&M. Um, he says, I think anytime the older rivalries are renewed, I've been in a lot of rivalries, been fortunate to be in college football a long time and be in some of the great rivalries in college football. And this one, A&M and Texas, definitely is a great rivalry. I think it's great for us and it's great for them. And it's great for college football in general. Very excited for it to happen. So, you know, I love I, I love that. I, I, you just you love your head coach getting down, got down to it and saying he's excited to get to play Texas. I mean, this folks, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be Coach Fisher's first time getting to take on the Longhorns. This is gonna be a really exciting football game. Well, first time at Texas him. I don't know if he's ever played him at his previous stops, but um, this is gonna be a fun ball game in 2024. And I mean, here's the deal, folks. Like, I can't express why you can't. It's hard to express why this makes college football so fun. But it's like, I think for me, as someone who hosts this show, I love. I'll have Texas fans in my comments poking fun, and we'll poke fun back. That is, that's what makes this game so fun. That is what makes college football my favorite thing in the world. But, folks, I think the Aggies are going to win in 2023. I, I mean, 2024. Excuse me. Um. Here's the deal. Bijan Robinson is not walking back through the door. Now, I know Texas A&M is going to be, I mean, Texas is talented all around. They have a good team. They have a good roster. But, and then the other thing can you is Quinn Ewers. What I, basically I'm seeing him. I just looked at two different mock drafts and I saw him in the first round in both mock drafts for the upcoming NFL draft. I don't think he's going to be walking back through that door either, folks. Now, of course, you have Arch Manning in the quarterback room. So he's going to, I assume, be the guy when the Longhorns come to College Station in 2024. But it's kind of like, now, I always say this. It is so hard to kind of preview games that are happening way in the future. You never know what's going to happen. Does, um, does Con is Connor Wigman not take that step forward? It, does this Texas a team as a whole not take the step forward? You know what I mean? Like opinions can change. A lot of my opinions on that matchup in 2024 are going to be based on what happens for the Aggies on the field this season. But 
I think it's still a fun conversation to have because it is so exciting, folks. I mean, it is having having this rivalry back. I mean, for me, what I enjoy about watching a football game is having that. Like I always joke with my dad about this, but it's like when you have the the stomach pain because you're, you 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 know you you want your team to win, and you're you know it's like you feel like you're out there on the field. You feel like you're one of the one of the players and you're tensing up like that is what makes this fun. And that is how it feels when your team is playing in a rivalry game. Uh, it's when the Aggies are playing Texas in baseball, when they're playing them or whatever. I mean, that is how you, I feel. I mean, you get that stomach cramps and it's like, it's, you know, you tense up a little bit. I'm telling you because you're in the moment. Um, but I mean, talking a little bit about recruiting. So when you're looking super far into the future, all you can really do is talk about recruiting. You look at the 2023 class, the Longhorns uh, kind of kicked the behinds of the Aggies in that class. The Longhorns have a really good class. Um, Texas A&M didn't have a bad class. They didn't have their usual class compared to the last handful of years. So Texas did well recruiting in 23. Obviously, landing Arch Manning helps a lot because you're getting a quarterback who's a highly ranked guy who's going to uh, boost your numbers, boost your average recruit rankings. But so far in 2024, the Aggies are returning the favor from what the Longhorns did on the recruiting trail in 23. As we speak right now in the 2024 class, Texas has nine four-stars, six three-stars, which puts them 21st in the nation with an average recruit rank of 90.29, which to me, I think that number, the average recruit rank is the most important number because you know, some teams like you're looking to see a team like Rutgers and Rutgers has 19 million three stars. And you're like, why is Rutgers? And I mean, that's just a, a random name. I pulled that, but like some of those schools, the power, smaller power five schools and not as big time power five schools will have a whole bunch of three stars. And then that'll put them at like 17. And you're like, why are they there? They only have, they, they literally have 17, three stars and not one other recruit. So it's, I think the average recruit ranking is what I'm getting at here is that's the number that I think is really important to look at. Um, and average recruit rank, the Longhorns are currently sitting at 90.29, which is a good number. Um, Texas A&M's class at the time of recording, I always like to say that because in recruiting, you never know. Texas A&M, let's say they land somebody tonight or the Longhorns do, it boosts you up. So at the time I'm recording, Texas A&M is sitting at 10th with one five-star, 15 four-stars, and two three-stars with an average recruit rank of 91.39. So you're over a point better on average recruit ranking than the Longhorns, and you're 11 spots better. And there's more coming. There are there's more recruits coming for this 2024 class for the Aggies. Um, now, how many of those guys are on the field when these two teams face off? That'll be a question mark. So, like, I feel pretty confident. Like Cameron Coleman is going to be on the field for the Aggies. But are you, I mean, how many, like, do you see Draylon Miller? I've talked about how I think he could be a guy that could contribute early into his Texas A&M career. So it's going to be a little interesting to see how many of, how much of a, how much that these players matter in the Lone Star Showdown that's coming up here in 2024. I think Cam Coleman and Draylon Miller and maybe Dalen, um, D'Alen could play. I, I mean, I think he, he, I think those guys could all play a role for the Aggies. So we'll kind of have to see if they do or not. I think Dalen Evans could play a role for the Aggies. Uh, I think Cam Coleman and Draylon Miller could. And I think if you land a guy like Terry Bussey, I think he could play a role. So there's definitely some guys on the Texas A&M side that could end up playing a role in this Lone Star Showdown coming up in 2024. But folks, I just, 
I like when pe- I like to be excited about things. That's how I roll. I mean, and of course, I'm excited for this season. We're gonna. It's gonna be a fun season. I think it's gonna be a great season for the Aggies. But at the end of the day, I'm really looking forward to this rivalry being back. These are what makes sports fun. I mean, come on, Yankees, Red Sox. Michigan, Ohio State, Auburn, Alabama. I hate saying Michigan, Ohio State because it's, you know, it's Big Ten. I'm not a Big Ten guy here. Um, but, you know, um, Auburn, Alabama, uh, what I'm trying to think, do we got any other big ones here? But, you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Rivalries are what makes sports the thing that we all love. Every, like I said, everyone that's sitting here watching this, you love sports, and rivalries are what makes them, make sports what they are. So it's kind of like, I, I can't wait for this game to be for this game to be back, folks. I mean, it, it's just going to be that day. Just especially the fact that you're, this first matchup is going to be in College Station, in Kyle Field. This is going to be one of the. I mean, this matchup is going to be the most anticipated game of the 2024 season. I really think. I think that if you had to like, if 24/7 Sports put out an article and it was like the top five most important or most exciting, crucial, whatever games of the season. The Lone Star Showdown in 24 is going to be one of those games. I feel very confident saying that. So, folks, this game is going to be so much fun. I am really looking forward to it, and I think the Aggies win. I think that, you know, Ewers, like we said, more than likely is going to be gone. Arch Manning is going to be playing. He's going to be, you know, start make starting his career. I, I think it's going to be – we'll just kind of, kind of see how he pans out. I still, still think he's going to be a good quarterback. But, you know, the Aggies are going to have a lot of those 22 guys who are going to be in their third year. I think this is going to be a – I think that Texas A&M's peak season with their outstanding 22 class will be this season. So, folks, I really do – I think we're going to see a lot of positives on the field, and I think the Aggies win that game. So let's talk a little bit about the matchup with Ole Miss. This is a big game, folks. I think it's one of the most important games on the schedule, and let's preview it a little bit. I think the Aggies win. I'm going to tell you why coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. But first, I want to tell you about our amazing friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, you know, speaking to my experience on LinkedIn, I love, I think it's one of the best apps. I think it's like social media for finding jobs. It's, I've had friends find jobs on LinkedIn. I've found the jobs on LinkedIn before. Um, I mean, my my parents use it. Everybody uses LinkedIn. It's just a great, it's a great app to have. It is a great place to go if you're a small business owner you go on LinkedIn and you find some good good candidates for your job. Go find people to hire. I love how when on your profile picture, whether you're an employer looking for employees or someone looking to be hired, there's a little spot that um, a little green thing and it'll say, you know, uh, looking for work. And so if you're an employer, okay, this guy's looking for work. Let's look at their resume. Let's look at their um, what they've been doing in life, what their uh, work experience is. I think it's an all around great app. I love LinkedIn. I highly recommend you all going to check it out. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. 
Ole Miss. The Ole Miss Rebels are coming to town. Or excuse me, the old the Aggies are heading to Oxford to take on the Old Miss Rebels, and this is going to be, I think a, I don't think I know a pivotal game on Texas A&M's 2023 schedule, folks. I wrote down here that I think my two biggest games of the year I think are Tennessee and Ole Miss. Now, I personally am not as high on Ole Miss I think as many others. And, you know, after reading a few previews, because, I mean, it's like I know a lot about Ole Miss, but then I was like, let's see other people's thoughts. So I read a few different previews for this game. I read some from the Texas A&M side, some from the Ole Miss side. And it's like reading these previews makes me feel better and better that the, that the Yankees are going to take care of business, I think, in this game. Because it's like the defense, you lose your top five tacklers, Ole Miss does. You got this quarterback battle. One thing, my opinion on, on a matter is – I think having a whole bunch of capable quarterbacks, I think it, it, it's it's a it's a big time positive, but I think at times it could be a little concerning. So let me give you a good example. I think I know we're talking about Ole Miss, but this is um, a little shout out to Tennessee with their situation. They got that quarterback Nico, the five star, and then of course you got Joe Milton. So the interesting, this is one thing I've kind of been hearing circulating through the media lately is like everybody thinks Milton's going to be great. If he's not great, are are the fans going to be calling for the uh, hypo and, and company to put in the put in Nico? I mean, what do you do? And I think that creates controversy. Of, of you know who I, I always joke and say fans' favorite player on the team is the backup quarterback because at times fans, you know, you see some stuff from the starter you don't love. Let's see the backup. The, you know, I think people always think there's there's a brighter uh, a brighter side of things when it comes to the backup and. I think that could be a situation we see here with Ole Miss. I mean, they have like three quarterbacks that could be the guy. I think that Darton Sanders, it's it's more it's lately sounded more like it's Dart's job to lose. And I think Dart is a frankly, I think if you want to go for the ceiling play as Ole Miss, I think you 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 play you play Dart. I think you you start you you let Dart run out there week one. I do. I think he I don't think he's a, he's a world beater. I think he's a solid quarterback who can manage games well and win you a football game. That's what I think of Jackson Dart. So it's like, and he also has, I think, one of the best quarterback names ever because Dart, that's just awesome. But that's going to be interesting. And then, you know, they lose their top five tacklers. You Every year, I saw something on Twitter literally yesterday. Ole Miss just had a, a high school kid decommit. And this, this tweet, you know, I love seeing a tweet that makes you laugh. But it literally was something along the lines of, um, hey, Ole Miss, you guys know that you can sign kids out of high school, right? And I thought that was hilarious. And that, because I always talk about here on Locked on Aggies, how I'm not a fan of how Lane Kiffin uses the transfer portal. I'm a Lane Kiffin fan. I think he's funny. I talked about that at one point, and I had some people disagree, which is, you know, I appreciate that, and that's fine. But I, um, I think he's funny. I do. So I, I'm a fan of his. Not a fan of the way he handles the coaching stuff just because I don't like using the transfer portal like that. I just, I talk about this often, but, you know, I think the chemistry, the bond, stuff like that that comes into playing football, I think it's a big deal. So um, I don't like the way Coach Kiffin does that every year. I think you got to recruit well out of high school. I mean, they call him the portal king, and that's all fine and dandy, but at the end of the day, I think you kind of need to do better out of high school. So um, Quinshawn Judkins is going to be the key to this ballgame. Um, Ole Miss running back Quinshawn Judkins led the SEC in rushing last year. Amazing player. 
I think he's the best besides quorum of a Michigan. I think he's the best running back in college football. So it's going to be interesting to see if Texas A&M can stop Judkins. I, I took down a whole bunch of interesting stats that we're going to go through here in segment three. But um, so we're talking a little bit about stopping the run, but Judkins, I mean, I, I think that's the key. If you can stop Judkins, if you can stop the run, if you don't let him run all over you, I think Texas A&M wins this game. I don't think Ole Miss's defense is going to be great. So I think that Texas A&M is going to be able to score. You just have to, you know, don't let it be, don't let it be a, a shootout. Score your points and don't let them run the ball on the ground. And I think you can take care of business against this Ole Miss football team. Um, you know, um, and then I wrote down, not worried about the atmosphere. I just, now, if we're talking about a little pregame action at Ole Miss, that is one heck of an atmosphere. But when we're talking about the football games, folks, it's just, I'm a big believer that home field advantage is a big deal. And I don't think that's a crazy statement by any means, but I I just don't think Ole Miss has a good atmosphere. I think all the fans are there. They go and they and they go. It's an awesome tailgate experience. That's all cool. I'd love to go visit that someday. But I don't think the fan atmosphere is anything to be scared about. It's not. It's not an environment that I'm like, oh dang, we have to go play in Oxford. Please help us. I'm scared. I'm, it's not. A, it's not. I'm not intimidated at all by that venue. To be brutally honest, I'm just not. So that's a note here. And I just – I think it's a game – I think this is a team – there are two teams in the SEC that I think are being overhyped. Those two teams are Tennessee and Ole Miss. I know we talked a little bit about them. And then I think there's some teams that are under getting underhyped. The Aggies are one. Then I think Mississippi State and Auburn are some teams that are getting not enough love. Um, but I think Tennessee and Ole Miss are, are getting a little bit too much love. And so speaking to Ole Miss here – I just don't – I think they're going to be good. They're going to be a good football team, folks. They're not going to be bad. I'm not out here saying that at all. I think they're going to be a good, solid football team. But I don't think they're going to come out here and win 10 games. I don't know. I don't think they're going to win nine games. I think they might go eight and four and then win a bowl game maybe. But, like, I don't think this uh, this Ole Miss team is as good as many people think. And I don't think having to go play at their place is too scary. Now, this game is, of course, on November 4th. It is the week after the South Carolina matchup, which that game comes. So you have a bye week, South Carolina, Ole Miss. Then you have Abilene Christian. And, of course, you head to Baton Rouge to take on LSU. So, you know, but this is a pivotal game here, folks. I mean, the games that I have, you know, written down, and this isn't, you know, anything crazy here, but as the most important games, I think, are Alabama, LSU, Tennessee, and Ole Miss. Those are the four games. I think the two most winnable of those are Ole Miss and Tennessee. I think the most winnable of those two is the Ole Miss game. I think if you beat Tennessee and Ole Miss, that 10-2 and two is on the table. I do. Um, I, I think it's going to be tough to go to Baton Rouge and win that game. I think it's going to be tough to beat Alabama. I still, you know, I'm still a believer in Alabama. I don't think they're going to be as dominant as normal, but I still think they're going to win 11 games, if not 12. So um, I think Ole Miss and Tennessee, those are the games that can get you to 9-10 wins. You take care of business in one or both of those games. I think nine or ten wins is is seriously on the table. Uh, I just hate that both those ball games are on the road. Like I would trade. I wish we could trade like the um, South Carolina game at home. I wish you could go like have the South Carolina and Alabama games away. I know we can't pick and choose the schedule, but I wish you could have like the South Carolina and the Bama games away in this Tennessee and Ole Miss game at home. I think if you do that, because I still think you beat South Carolina on the road. And I think you beat these two teams at home to where I think 10 and 2 is legitimate. So I hate to have to go play them on the road, but I'm not worried about the atmosphere in Oxford. I am worried about the atmosphere in Knoxville. They're crazy in Neyland. 
respect the heck out of that fan base. Not the way they really conduct themselves, but how they go out and cheer for their team is impressive. So this Ole Miss game is a fun one. We're obviously, when we get closer, we'll have our Locked On Ole Miss host on when we get closer to this real game, which is ways away. We're not even close to November. So when we get closer to that game, we'll have our Locked On um, Ole Miss guy on to talk a little bit about this game. But it's going to be a fun one, folks, and I am really looking forward to it. I was looking up at some stats and found a lot of interesting things from last season that I think are extremely relevant when we talk about the upcoming 2023 season for the Aggies. We're going to talk about that coming up right here on Locked on Aggies. Interesting stats, folks. Interesting stats. Let's run through it. So, of course, the Aggies last year were fourth best in points per game allowed at 21.2. That's a pretty dang good number. That had them top 25 nationally in points per game allowed. So here's where this gets interesting. The Aggies, of course, were 14th against the run, 208.8 yards per game for opposing rushing attacks. But the Aggies only surrendered 13 touchdowns on the ground, which was tied with Alabama for second fewest in the SEC. Now, Georgia only allowed five, which is just, I mean, that's just crazy. When I saw that number, I was like, that can't be right. But so... Tied with Bama for the few for the for the second fewest rushing touchdowns against that to me is crazy. So what that says to me, and then the other thing I want to preface before we kind of get into this conversation is the so the Aggies were best in the SEC at yards per game through the air against. So they, they stopped the they stopped the pass well. Now the funny thing about this is is you you know the school of thought there as well. Why pass if you can just run all over a team? Now, so my first thought when I saw this, when I thought, okay, only 13 touchdowns on the ground, does that mean that there were a ton of touchdowns through the air? Only 15 through the air, which wasn't tied for the second fewest, but was only it was like tied for the fourth fewest. So comparative, it's a pretty good number, which is obviously how your number of 21.2 points per game allowed came to be. But what this says to me is that I think that you, you is that the bend and not break mentality, you, field goals are fine. You give up a field goal. I'll trade a touchdown for a field goal all day. We'll score a touchdown. You kick a field goal. We're going to, we score a touchdown a quarter. You score a field goal a quarter. We're going to win that game 28 12. There you go. So bend and not break that, that mentality. I think you have to look at that. Stop. Now, you want to stop the run better than you did last year, of course. But kind of what I'm getting at here is the fact that. It's good that, you know, the defense, you're getting winded, you're, you're tired, um, but you're able to give max effort on those plays around the red zone, you know, in the, with the, when you're first goal to go, first to goal from the three, you know, being able to stop the run there is a big deal. So that kind of gave me a little bit of hope for the Aggies' ability to be better at stopping the run this season because that shows you they stopped it at some point. It might just not have been – you know, maybe they stopped it in the red zone. So I think that that was an interesting stat to me. Like when I saw how bad they were against the run and then I saw the touchdown number, I was like, that doesn't make much sense. I figured that the touchdowns on the ground would have been much higher than that. So that was interesting to me. Um, and then, so the other number we're going to talk about here is the Aggies were tied for last on third down conversion percentage at 36%. You have got 
to convert third downs. You have to do it. You have to convert third downs. That's how you win football games. You don't convert third downs. You don't win football games. This means that basically we'll round up and we'll say out of 10 drives, you're going to, you get a, or on 10 first down, third downs, you're going to get a first down on four of them. That is not a, well, that's not a good number, folks. That number needs to, like Georgia was at 51. That number has got to come up this year if the Aggies want to have a good season on the field. And I think Coach Petrino is going to, that is going to make that number come up. I'm not too terribly concerned about that number jumping up. I just think, it has to, or you're not going to have the kind of season on the field that I'm, I and many others are hoping. Um, then the other, so yards per game on the offensive side of things, which was 360.7, which was third worst in the SEC. That number's got to come up. We've talked about this a little bit when we talked about, you know, Coach Petrino. And Coach Petrino has had a few seasons where his yards per game is over the 500 mark. He's done that multiple times during his career as an offensive coordinator, as a head coach. I'm not worried about this offense moving the football. I think that Coach, you know, I mean, the only concern there is will Coach Petrino be the one calling plays? If he's the one calling plays, I think that all of these offensive struggles that we saw last year, all of these statistics that are pretty rough, are going to take a huge forward step when it comes to the 2023 college football season, folks, I just think that's how good Petrino is. I'm not worried about the Aggies scoring points and moving the football. The last stat that really stood out to me was that the Aggies had the, they were tied for second worst in penalties on first downs, 30 penalties on first down. That is an awful number. You cannot get penalized on first down. If you get a holding or a false start, it's, I mean, you know, I'm going to say a cliche here, but it's a drive killer that kills drives. If you are starting, if you are starting a um, set of downs, first and 20, first and 15, whatever, you are not setting yourself up for success. That happened 30 times last year. That number needs to be cut in half, if not more than that. You have to be disciplined. Now, I don't want penalties to happen ever. You don't want them on third down, second down, or first down. But you definitely do not want first down penalties because that is a drive killer. I mean, here's the deal. I'm not as upset about a holding call on a third and nine as I am a holding call on a first and 10 from the other team's 32-yard line. That is a drive killer. So those penalty numbers have got to come down, and hopefully we see that happen this season for the Aggies. That is going to do it, folks, for today's episode of Locked On Aggies. I really appreciate you all tuning in. It's I, it's great. It's fun to talk about the Lone Star Showdown. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show on YouTube. I'm on YouTube. I'm on everywhere you get your podcasts, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find them, I'm there. Um, so, uh, But if you could subscribe to YouTube, that would be great. Leave the show a review on the different podcast platforms. That helps a lot, too. I really appreciate you all tuning in. It means the world to me. I just love getting to do this for you all on a day-to-day basis. Have a great rest of your day. I really appreciate you all. And like always, we will see you tomorrow.